Attention all boats on the Irrawaddy near Mandalay. This is the Colonial Portmaster. There have been reports of some disturbances in your area. Please travel with caution. How did you get here? We entered a contest. Yeah, we lost. <laughs> That's our motto. What's a motto? I don't know. What's a motto with you? It's the same way everywhere I found. All the guys that turn me on, turn me down. My friends, are you ready for the party? Yeah. I said, are you ready for the party? Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 533. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with our blog, our live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. In part two of our roundtable discussion about moving to Disney World, I'm joined once again by members of the WW Radio Nation who are now also neighbors. We're going to continue our conversation, starting with employment, including finding or creating a job, and the timing of finding work versus finding a place to live. We'll also address the very important topic of relationships in terms of leaving friends and family, as well as finding new friends, and yes, new family as well. We'll talk about the actual realities of making the move, including what we would do differently, what we miss, lessons we learned, and practical advice to share with you. And of course, we're also going to talk about how our Disney experience has changed, including advantages of living so close to the parks, and whether that Disney magic is still there. And then we'll punctuate the entire discussion about our move to Disney with a quick top 10 reasons, other than Disney, to move to Disney. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month during our e-ticket adventure weekend, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. I think this is a perfect transition because all this stuff sounds great, but at the end of the day, you got to pay for it somehow, yes. right? So a, a big reason why I hear from a lot of people that they say, it's, it's great what you've done. What you and your friends have done, you've all moved down here. I'm not the only crazy person that's down here. You are obviously crazy. But they say, I can't do it because I can't leave my job. I, my wife can't leave her job. My kids are in school. Let's talk a little bit about the, the employment so, issue there. The, what I do for a living is I started out in recruitment on the agency side, but now I do 
corporate recruiting and HR work, and I can tell you that the job market is the best it has ever been in in the history of anyone who is alive right now. So if you're going to move, I'd say start looking now because the unemployment rate is about like 2.7 at this point. And Orlando made it to number three as the top city to move to for employment in the country. And it just beat out Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was the number one last year for Florida State. Orlando is now the number one city to move to in Florida State if you are a professional. And even if you're in construction, because there's so many homes being built and everyone needs things done to their homes. And it is number three in the country as of last month. So there's an incredible job market opportunity right now here in the city. Right. And obviously, look, you know, times have changed in terms of jobs and what you can do from home, creating your own opportunities. You know, obviously for me, I, I came down here to pursue something that I was going to do on my own. I want to hear a little bit of from all of you because people are saying, you know, how do I fly, find employment? Do I start looking for a new job while I'm looking for a house? Do I get my house first and then try and get a job? What about a, a, a corporate transfer? You know, how do you sort of coordinate the employment or lack thereof? And then when you get down here, figure out what to do. Um, you know, again, timing. Do you make the move and then try and start a job a couple of weeks later? Um, sometimes it's hard to find a job in Florida because you're out of state. One of the things I tell people all the time is get a UPS box, which shows a real street address. So when you apply for the job, use that address so that they don't have to say, oh, it's great that Tony's qualified with this job, but now I've got to worry about him moving from New York. Oh, he's, he's already in Florida. It, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's, you know. It's it's not deceptive. It's not deceptive, but but, but you but you're giving yourself a lot because look, so many so many places now, your resume will not get reviewed by a human being first. A, a computer is going to look at it, and one of the things they might look at is where do you live, and if you're out of state, you might get eliminated. Right. I mean, so the huge thing for us was we needed a paycheck to be coming in because at the point when you started, there still was not you know a lot of money coming in. So I had to make sure that I called like repetitiously to find someone and get a name of someone that would obviously see me in the hospital that I work at now. So finally I got a name of someone and I went there and I walked through the hospital and you know, I got I was very fortunate because at that point I did meet the director at the time that said, you know what, we don't have a position right now, but we will create one for you. So for the first year that we moved here to Orlando, I was per diem. So I was not guaranteed any like hours technically, but I knew that physically we would have something to you know, pay for our roof over our head to put food on our table. And I knew that... Insurance for our kids. Insur- right. And and I knew that eventually it would all come to fruition. And thank God, when one door closes, another one opens. And that's what ended up happening for us. So we were very fortunate that when we did walk into the church that we... The parish that we're with and and we are still here and it, it worked out wonderfully. Well, and I think too, you know, we I, I said at the beginning, I talked about leaps of faith. And define that leap of faith, whether it's yourself, a higher power, karma, whatever. It very much is a leap of faith, especially when it comes to either finding a new job, a a corporate transfer. Look, I think sometimes making a move like this is affords you an opportunity to maybe do something you wouldn't have done in the past to say, hey, this is going to be my time 
to pursue this thing that I never would have done otherwise. I'm ripping off the Band-Aid. I'm going to go. I'm going to, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in. This is my chance to do it. So I want to sort of hear a little bit about from the, 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 the employment situation, you starting your own thing, working for somebody else. How, how was it for, for you guys? Well, I'm one of the ones who uh, started what I'm doing. Um, I'm in the technology space. Um, so, you know, it may not be possible for everyone that's listening to do exactly what I did, but I can tell you um, I'm in cloud services. And I would say 90% of the companies in our space are fully remote work experience. And our company um, is fully remote. No one in our company goes into an office. And um, by the way, if there's anyone out there that's a great cloud engineer and you're good with Terraform, I'm going to post my email in the show notes. I mean, who's, who's not great with Terraform yeah. at this day and age? Um, I, I, and you want to you wanna move to Orlando? Um, please please uh, email me. But um, yeah, I would say if you're in IT, especially now, the opportunities for remote work experiences are becoming the norm. Um, you know, companies like GitHub that got very large were they were built all remote. Um, Thirty Seven Signals, the guys who wrote Ruby on Rails, a lot of those companies uh, that are springing up now are offering remote work experience. So, you know, don't I wouldn't say the, the big takeaway here that I'm trying to to leave with you is don't just target Orlando companies. Um, think broader about companies that will allow you to live anywhere because that's becoming the new norm. Whereas in the 90s and early 2000s, it used to be how fancy is your office and you give me free dry cleaning and free food and daycare. Now it's we're going to offer you the freedom to live and work where you want to early in your career. And, you know, a lot of companies are moving in that direction. So um, I wouldn't just limit your search to Orlando-based companies. I think for a lot of us, too, around the table who do not necessarily have, so, Angelina, you have an employer that you report to. For a lot of the other ones, it was either moving to do something different, you know, working for somebody else, or starting something or continuing something on our own in terms of taking an entrepreneurial leap of faith to do so. So, I, you know, again, there's a lot all happening at the same time. You're moving, you're trying to get your kids into school, you're trying to get settled in, you're trying to... Tell me a little bit about the... the um, in terms of, of your work life and the home life and everything else that, that's changed coming down here. So for me, my line of work, it's... I mean, I can't say, hey, it's a great line of work to get into because what I do is I don't know that there are a handful of people in the country doing what, what, what do I you do. I still don't even know what you do. I have no idea. So I started, I started my own travel, my, my own sporting travel agency, and I manage sales for 20 sporting lodges across South America. So it's very much a niche thing. But having said that, I did start my own business. And when I did it, I was doing it at night and... Uh, I think you've heard on the show, Lou and I've talked about, it was a lot of, Lou and I would talk back and forth from midnight, usually midnight till 2 or 3 a.m. about business stuff. But when I finally decided to make this a full-time gig, um, I was waiting to sell our home. And I kind of committed that to my boss at the time. I was still working, running the club. Um, 
I was a, an events director at a private club, and it got to the point where it was time to go from the club. Like I had, it was time for me to move on, and it was unnerving because doing doing this business in New York was exceedingly more expensive there. So having my own business, um, the costs involved with all of that, the insurances, the taxes, um, cost of living, all of that rolled in. The difference. For, so running my own business in New York as compared to here, the savings that I make here pay for just the savings I make here cover the cost on our home, which is a four-bedroom home we're renting, all of our utilities, and our, all of our insurances, more than that. So just, just if you're thinking about if you're working on your own business, um, just a bit of food for thought is that you can run your own business much more cheaply down here if you're going to do an at-home business. Um, you know, there's no, there's no state tax on that. And the, I just filed for a new LLC in New York. It's about a $2,000 process with lawyers and you have to run ads in the paper. And down here, it cost me $155 and it was done in three days. Yeah, and your annual filing is quadruple. Yeah. And every, you know, everything. Yeah. And it's just everything here. It was as far as running my own business. If you're, if you're thinking about doing your own thing, um, I don't have much advice on how to get into what I do because I still wonder how that happened. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a weird thing I do. But the act of doing, what, no matter what your, your business is and your dream business, if, you, if that's what you want to do is be an entrepreneur, I think that the, and not just the, you know, the atmosphere, the cost, everything, it's a much better place to be an entrepreneur than in the Northeast with the high expense. I'll, I'll Florida, Florida is the new Delaware. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'll second that, Tony. And I've gotten very involved here with the local uh, and Florida statewide groups that uh, assist entrepreneurs. Um, one is called Grow FL. They're a fantastic organization, and I donate a lot of time to them. There's, a, there's just a great entrepreneurial community and a great tech community, actually, that's growing up in Central Florida. Um, so I can't say that enough. I'll also say one other thing for you attorneys out there who have not uh, forsaken the profession. Get out now. Leave <laughs> while you still can. My wife is an attorney, and uh, she works from home. And uh, Florida does not have comedy with any other state bars. I don't. Well, at least not New York or North Carolina. So you you will have to probably take the bar exam, except there is one exception. For lawyers who work in-house as in-house counsel, you can work for an in-house counsel with an out-of-state admission to the bar and never have to be admitted to the Florida bar. But you can only work for a single employer, and you can't you know, take on clients outside that employer. You know, I'll also say that you know, I, part of my process in moving down here was getting away from what I was doing in law because it wasn't satisfying me and fulfilling me. So, you know, I, I got out of it and I'm, I'm exploring other things. But to the extent that you want to make this move and don't want to leave, you know, a flourishing or successful career that you've put time into, don't be afraid to ask because telecommuting is the new rule. Um, when I was, you know, I was working in you know, Northern Virginia and Maryland um, in, in law and corporate law and you know, for me, when I had my first son, my first child, um, that was when, you know, we were still in Maryland, but that was when I made the phone call to my then boss and said, yeah, I, I, if I want to come back to work, but I'm going to need to be telecommuting because I can't be spending all this time on the road um, anymore. And we worked out a situation where I was telecommuting, you know, a couple of days a week, still living in Maryland, but you know, in, in 
from the years from then until now, seeing the number of people who have made moves to other states, um, you know, and, and have made telecommuting arrangements. You know, for me, it wasn't the right thing because part of making this move was getting away from the career that um, that I was doing at the time. And, you know, there's people who can find niches in hunting lodges in South America. But, you know, for those of us who, you know, can't get so lucky. In the real world. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I mean, don't be afraid to ask your employer because telecommuting is becoming the new role. And if you are valuable to the, to the company that you are working for and you want to stay with them, have the conversation because, you know, you can, it, it can be worked out and there are ways to be doing the job that, that you're doing currently in your current state in the place where you want to be. So going back to that, being an entrepreneur is a wonderful thing, but a skill set, going back to what Tony had said, is a wonderful thing to also. My father said an amazing thing to me at a very young age that I took with me, and he wasn't with me for very many years of my life. And he said, learn a skill that no one will ever be able to take away from you. And that's what I went to school for. I learned a skill, and I went to a school, and I became a radiologic technologist. I got my, my bachelor's in medical biology, and therefore I am able to go to any state and do my medical background and my skill. So therefore, Tony, he's able to go to anywhere in the country and do his skill set. It is a niche thing, but just like any other person that is supporting a spouse that has a dream, you're able to do it. And what I'm saying is, it took many years for my husband to get to where he is, but I backed him 100%, and he has this wonderful wonderful way of making life and people feel good about themselves wherever they are in the country. So if you're a spouse, I'm just telling you one thing, support who you're with because it can be phenomenal and make you grow in your life forever. Well, I think the other thing too is, is you know, we're talking about obviously the, the importance of a support system and things like that. You know, we're, we're a lot of us are talking about making this leap, not in terms of our move, but starting something new and Oh, um, pursuing a dream and things like that. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of hustle and none of this is easy. And, and when I, I told you this when we first made the move and I, and I still say it to say, look, when people ask me what I do, I say whatever it takes. And I said that when I move down here, if this thing doesn't work, I will go work at, you know, and I'm not right. insulting. I'll go work at Waffle House, which would be awesome anyway. But I will go work at Waffle House to make sure that my kids eat, but I'm going to give this thing a chance. Same thing with you, Maria. You took very much a big leap because what you do is not necessarily something that you can teach in the middle of Missouri or something. Right. Now, obviously, New York, it's a great place for me to be and teaching acting and do acting and directing and all of that. And I knew I was taking a, definitely a chance. And that's, I think, also what I, was, what I wanted to say. I think you have to keep in mind that if you want to make this sort of a move, you have to be somebody who's comfortable with change because your life is going to change 100%. Sure, you're going to have your routine as much as you try, but it's going to change. You're going to be in an environment that is probably very different from where you were. Mm -hmm. You're going to be maybe with people that you never met before. You have to try to make new friends, and it's not easy after a certain age. It's, it's not, even though, you know, she's talking about kids knocking at your door. I don't have anybody knocking at my door saying, like, hey, you want to be friends? Because I would not be very comfortable with that. Um, but so there, there's that factor as well. Now, in my case, because I had my own acting studio again, I was able to do it here. I also do, and you know, I also, I'm also a certified health and life coach. So I have my coaching that I've been doing for many years 
a lot of it online. Because as you know, right now, there's so much work to do online because you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And another thing that I also do, I teach Italian for Rosetta Stone. I was the very first Italian teacher. Can you, can you, what, what accent? Oh, my accent? <laughs> um, but I was the very first Italian teacher for them. And I've been with that for many, many years. And Um, I'm actually the Italian voice on the Rosetta Stone if you're learning the language. Um, but, you know, it's something that, again, I teach from home, from them. So that that was my, actually was my very first question that I had when I was like, I need to move and I want to go to Orlando. I called Rosetta Stone and my manager and I was like, if I go there, can I still do it from there? She was like, of course. I was like, done. Because <laughs> that's, you know, that's the, the steady paycheck. And there's also the, the 800-pound, you know, Mickey Mouse in the room, too, is coming down here to work for Disney is another reason why a lot. Now, I don't think any of us have ever been cast members no. before, but a lot of people we know have done that. Yeah. They have come down either to, quote, unquote, retire. They've put in their 25 years on the force and come down to work security, or they come down because they just want the perks. They want the benefits. And maybe this is a whole other show for another day but obviously that's an option too there's a lot of people that we yeah, know I mean, that have come the, to do that with the park expansions that is just there are thousands and thousands of hires yeah. that are happening in right every now. discipline i mean yeah, right absolutely but walt disney world is certainly growing um it's a city i mean yeah. it really is it's a, it's a functioning city yeah, absolutely and so you know whether you're i think we've covered the gamut you know whether you're in it and travel in acting or you teach languages or whatever you do, you're in recruiting. Um, I think the key is to just, you, you know, what my wife and I did is we just thought about um, where we wanted to be and what we wanted our lives to be like. And we looked at our circumstances and tried to concoct a life, you know, that, that fit what we wanted rather than just, um, continuing to go through life in a non-deliberate kind of way. We just got deliberate about how we wanted to design our life. And it, it definitely means taking some risks and chances. But, um, you know, what I would say, too, another hidden gem, you know, that we've found here is just the diversity of people in Central Florida. I mean, over 30% of the kids in my son's elementary school, English isn't even their first language. And you know, we're meeting so many different kinds of people here. You know, if you're from New York, it's not as diverse as New York. But if you're from Greensboro, North Carolina, it's, it's a lot more diverse, right? So um, it's, it's just great. And I think part of that happiness is really a lot of the Latin hospitality that's here. Um, I think that really comes through in the culture. So... And the food. We'll get there, too. But, but I think it's a good transition point in terms of about relationships. Um, leaving family, finding family, leaving friends and, and making friends. Um, I know, Maria, we spent a lot of time on the phone. And that, you know, you, coming down here, you feel like you're, not I mean you specifically, but sometimes no, no, making moves. Right. Oh, and you specifically. <laughs> but you're, you feel like you're alone. Like, hey, I don't know anybody. You know, meets in a month are great. but And that's a great way to sort of introduce people. But it's... It's about how and where we make and meet friends and finding your people and your kids finding their way and finding new people. Um, sometimes it's about finding friendships. Sometimes it's about finding more than friendships. Sometimes it's about finding love and finding relationships. And I know we all know a lot of people who have moved down here and have, you know, 
I know Meets of the Month have generated, you know, a number of marriages and, and children and things like that, but just making the move down the here. The, well, not the Meets of the Month. It's not because of the Meets of the Month. But in terms of people being able to sort of make, take, we're talking about taking next steps in their relationships. Um, talk to me about that in terms of whether it's friendships or anything else for yourself or your kids in coming down to Florida, like finding new friends and making new friends. Because a lot of times maybe you come down here, and you, a lot of us, we knew each other already, but making new friends when you come down here, how scary is it? How easy is it? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know if other middle-aged men, I'm 50 years old. 50 is the new 30, so chill out there, brother. What are you whistling about there, Flapjack? So I'm 50, and I've been married 17 years. And, you know, for other um, middle-aged married men, I think we tend to be the loneliest people on the planet um, because, I I don't know, I talk to all my other friends, and none of us have close friends. Um, We usually, you know, hang out with our wives' friends or maybe our kids' you know, friends, parents, or whatever, but, you know, we, we generally know the people at work and know our wives' friends, but we, we don't typically make friends. But coming here and being part of this family is a completely different experience. And so for the first time since I've been 21 and a student in college, I now have a circle of friends that was just never there in my life before. And, you know, I think my happiness quotient now is probably at least 200% higher than it was, you know, when I was living uh, in North Carolina. And it's it's not so much that North Carolina is not a great place. It is. It's just that coming here in this family um, has just meant so much. Well, I think there's a, and I love what you said, I think there's a, um, there's a commonality that we don't have, both have that, that we all have that extends beyond Disney. I think it's it's um, uh, it's an ideal set. It's a flaw. I mean, look, our kids, the Caggiano kids, your son, my kids are upstairs playing together. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't sound like they're killing each other. It sounds like they're getting along <laughs> fine and they're doing more than just watching a screen. They're actually, yeah. you know, playing and interacting with each other. Well, I think I think that. Well, you you enjoy living down here much more than you've enjoyed living up north, right? Yes, definitely. He's more out and about. He's not talking right now because he expects me to talk. So um, I would say he, he, Michael, is more out and about now than he's ever been. I feel much more active down here, too. Yeah. In New York, it was much more sedentary. Go to the office. I traveled a lot for work, and I was home. Mm-hmm. We... We had a lot of friends in New York, but you don't it's ever not see like them. down here. Like, mm-hmm. like, we've been down here for a year. We've been here at your house a thousand times more than we were at all of our friends and in New York in like you. a you year just show up. Wait, you show up at my house too? Yeah. Well, you know, it seems, it yeah. seems like so, you have more time yeah. to you be do. social yeah. down here. It's also easier to go see your friends down here. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, being up there, you know, once your friends start moving to Jersey or Long Island or Westchester, then it becomes like, n- never mind the drive and the traffic with the $50 toll just to go see your friend. And you're like, okay, how about I just text you? Because I'm tired from work and you're tired from work. But I think it's easier to make friends down here. We made friends immediately in our community. People just walk over to you and start talking to you. 
Um, a lot of the porch sitting in our neighborhood, too. Yeah. We met a lot of friends from that yeah. sitting on the front porch drinking a glass of wine. We actually have events in Summer Lake where it's mm-hmm. get to know your neighbor, and the HOA throws a party mm-hmm. at the like clubhouse and the pool with free pizza and soda so the kids can meet each other, the parents can meet each other, they have food truck Thursdays once a month. It's incredible. So there's a really big sense of community. Um, and again, like Lisa said earlier, like parenting in the 70s and 80s, it, it reminds me of when I was a kid. Everyone knew each other. Everyone on the block knew each other. All the parents in my community know each other. And although Michael and I do not have children right now, um, we we still feel like a part of the community. And, you know, I actually go to my neighbor's house to hang out on the weekends, whereas in New York, yeah, I knew my neighbors. They lived next door, but... It was so odd. We would talk to each other um, on our front porches, which were divided by a driveway and a fence. But God forbid one of us went over that fence onto the other porch. It was, it was almost that's a like New York, that's a New York. It was like passing through a portal. You just didn't do it. So. Well, like you know, Florida is the new Brooklyn in the fifties. Like you go outside and you, you know, your kids are hanging out with each other. That didn't happen for me or my kids in Jersey. Like, I was not allowed to go walk down the street because, you know, it, it was just a different time. It didn't happen in New York. And, you know, I left. I had some good friends back home. And, well, I say back home, back in New York. And uh, I'm super close with my brothers, so that was really hard. But, you know, coming down here. Um, so, wait, speak to that. So, yeah. how hard was it to leave family? Because I know for a lot of people that's, so that's a big issue. my parents travel. They're retired. And... Um, they travel down here a lot. They're down here four, three or four times a year, maybe five times a year. Um, my brothers are—they're uh, both up there, they're, but they're all DVC members. We have a huge, like Disney-oriented history with our family. Um, and I have two brothers who I'm really close with. Um, my brother Jimmy's my youngest brother is very busy with uh, a lot of big business stuff. My brother Frankie, I talk to almost daily. Um, and even when we were packing, he came to the house the last day. Like, he rushed there after work, tears in his eyes, because he couldn't, you know, it was the last time I was living there. But um, How hard was it to make that choice to leave your family and friends behind? It was, it was hard to do it, but I knew, you know, sometimes you just know in your heart of hearts that that was what was right for my family. We, Charlene, and it didn't, we didn't make the decision lightly, like, hey, you'd think it'd be great to move to Florida. Um, it was a lot of talking, and... Um, Becoming friends with you and Deanna was a huge part of it. I'm not going to lie. We were down here, and you and we would talk about all the stuff, you know, about coming down and doing things together. And I think one thing that makes it easier, it's never easy to leave family behind when you're really close, but one thing that made it easier, easier here is that so many people are in the same boat, I think. I look around the table, and none of us have family here, but, you know, blood family. It's not where we grew up. But there are so many people with... Um, that commonality is that so they're more open to to meeting and talking and i think the people who are drawn to this area especially maybe it is because disney's close by um but like i said four people come in and they're dropping off gifts to us the day and baking cookies and coupons for ice cream and all this other stuff on the day we moved there and i think that having people in common like that with similar we're all in a similar situation so you find that you know, we're talking about where Christmas and New Year's Eve or, or uh, Thanksgiving was always just family-oriented. Now we're sitting here, and, I mean, it's the middle of September. It's the beginning of September, middle of the summer. And Charlene and Deanna are already talking about Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving. And, but that's what, that's the family, 
you know, people, um, that's what you build down here. And everybody's in kind of the same spot. And I'll say this, if you don't live close to your family right now, there's nothing like living a mile from Walt Disney World to get your family to yeah. come visit you. They will come if you build. And, and, and I think, too, to what happens is, is for a lot of us, we are the ones who are ripping off the Band-Aid. And I will tell you from personal experience, and I, and I want to hear you guys, when I told people that were friends back then that I was leaving and moving down here to figure out a way to pursue this thing that I was passionate about, they're like, wait a minute, man. Like, I get the fact that you wrote your little book and you talked to yourself about Mickey Mouse for an hour a week, but you mean to tell me you're going to quit a six-figure job with benefits that's pretty much a cakewalk to move down to Mickey Mouse land and f- try and figure out a way to, like, support your family? And I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Like, I give you six months, and you know that. Like, my friends were not very supportive. My family was some people in my family, extended family, were like, you're doing what now? Like, you're moving down there without... What's your business plan look like? I'm like, I don't have a business plan, which may or may not be the smart way to do it. But it's, you know, we were we we're somewhat fearful of making the move ourselves. And while for us, immediate family was very supportive, there are people, you know, extended family and friends who maybe are questioning what you're doing. I know we had talked about that too. So in terms of... I want to hear, again, about leaving, you know, taking that leap to leave friends and family as well as, you know, making them when you come yeah, down here. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, for me, I'm 20 years ago, I came from Italy to New York, so on my own. And so I don't have any blood family here in the States. My, my parents passed, my brother is still in Italy, and my sister lives in Athens in Greece. So we're spread out all over the world. Um, and in New York, again, I arrived by myself. I didn't know anybody. It was like, it was literally in one week I decided to come to New York. I'm, 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 I see a pattern now. <laughs> I started seeing things. But anyways, <laughs> okay, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. I, I'm aware of it now. Um, and so when I came here, my family in New York, it's my friends. But, you know, somebody was saying it before. It's hard in New York. Because you work whole day, the whole day and then you're tired. At the end of the night, you're like, I'm going to say hello to you on Facebook because I just don't have it in me. Like, I'll text you like it's harder to go out. You just don't have it there. Um, now, I also know that I'm different from all of you because I don't have my own family. I don't have kids. So I don't have that factor of going to meet some, you know, other moms or, you know, other parents and, and bonding that way. And so it's a little harder, obviously, to make friends. It is. It's not, it's not that easy. Um, I'm not somebody like I'm fine being by myself. Like I do things by myself all the time because I'm used to it. I go to the movies alone all the time because I actually enjoy it. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I, like, I love that. Yeah, I love that. But, of course, you know, do I miss the interaction of having, you know, girlfriends and going out? Or Yes, of course, I do miss that. But... I've made a few friends since, you know, in, in these three months that I got here, you know, and we've been going out and, and, and it's almost like it's, it's brand new to me. And something interesting, it's also that I've been seeing more of my friends here in Orlando because they came for vacation. And all of a sudden, like, I was like, I haven't, like, there was a friend of mine, her name is EJ, and she's a dear friend of mine. She's a, she's a travel agent. And we'd actually worked together before. 
and we never met. She lived in New York and we never met. Like it was all through the internet. And she came to, you know, Disney World twice already. We spent like the whole weekend together. And I was like, this is crazy. It was like, I never saw you before. So there's a lot of that too. So, I mean, from a family perspective, I think, um, you know, I, like I alluded to before, so I'm, I'm an only child. Um, my whole family, for the most part, is up in the you know, mid-Atlantic area. Um, and we lost my dad, um, you know, not too long before I decided, you know, before the wheels started turning for us to make this move. So it was an extremely emotional and, and difficult thing when I started broaching the subject with my family. I remember, you know, when, when this started to become sort of a, not so much a daydream, but a possible reality in my mind, I started talking to my mom about it. And, you know, the conversation kind of started as, you know, I, I, this is, this is a real thing. This isn't a daydream. I think we would, we would love to live down here. But, you know, what I was initially saying to my mom was, we would love to make this happen, but I'm not going to do it without you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I'm an only child. We had just lost my dad um, and leaving my mom wasn't an option. Um, you know, and th- that initial conversation that I had with her, and this was when it started to become a possible reality, was, you know, I remember we were, we were literally driving to the Maryland Ikea, um, and I was having the conversation with my mom, and, and I said that to her, and she said, no, you're not going to do it not knowing I'm not coming eventually. And that was when it started to be like, okay, like, I can kind of wrap my head around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and since then, things have changed a lot. I think there's a lot of generational gap there. I think that, you know, our parents' generation tends to be a lot more stuck in a particular place. My mom has lived in the Baltimore area her entire life. And so as this became more of a reality for me, it became apparent that it was not a reality for her so much as a, as a daydream. I mean, my searches on Redfin became more real and hers became less, you know, less frequent um, as it became a reality for me. And I think it became obvious that it was, you know, sort of a daydream that was not going to be happening for her anytime soon. But that being said... If you're ever going to move somewhere where you're going to see your friends and family, move to Disney World. (laughs) And I say that as a joke, but it's true. And what you just said about your friend that you had never met before and you moved, it has happened so many times down here. I mean, I can't tell you, there is rarely a week that we don't have friends or family in town that we're spending time with. And, you know, my mom, who is, bless her heart, she's still up in Maryland. I don't know that she's coming down here anytime soon. But she, you know, she comes down here for, you know, maybe a week out of every month, month and a half. And, you know, it's always sad when she leaves. But she was down here for about 10 days um, a month ago. And she got in her Uber to go back to the airport with her friend. And, you know, my kids were upset. But they said, you know what? You know, we don't see Mimi like we used to each week. But I think we probably see Mimi more now than we did when we lived in Maryland. Because now she'll come down and she'll spend like, you know, a week to 10 days with us consistently and we're completely focused on each other. Um, and it's, 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 it's lovely. And I, I think that like, you know, from a seeing friends and family perspective, you know, you, it's not crazy to say that you're probably seeing people more regularly and more in a focused way than when you lived in the same neighborhood as yes. them elsewhere in the country. And not only that, but when I moved down here, I, th- I already had a community because, you know, we haven't talked much Disney, which is crazy, but <laughs> there's, there's this incredible Disney community that is built in when you move down here. And I felt like I had as much of a community and as much friends and non-blood family down here moving down as I did, you know, as I do and more so than when we lived upstate, 
up in Maryland. I just want to Such a- touch on what you said, where you're more focused with the time, because we had our first experience with family coming down to visit them just today they left this morning morning. but our niece and two nephews and his parents were with us for two weeks and it was the first time in the five years he and I have been together that I experienced all of us focusing on just you know don't let the little things get on each other's Mm -hmm. nerves and you know let's not waste time arguing about silly stuff because we have 10 days together let's focus on fun stuff we're going to have make memories go to disney and it it really makes you focus on what's important because you don't have the luxury of having them right down the block from you anymore so you make the most of your time together my my phone also told me we walked 65 miles through (laughs) the parks which is part of the reason why michael's not talking so much but i think to everybody's point it makes the time you spend more meaningful. Yes. You know, look, I and I've talked about this on the show. Sunday dinners was with 35 people in my family. You saw each other every week. I lived two. I grew up two doors down from my cousins, and it was hard and, and scary to leave them behind. But we see them when they come down here. Deanna, you left, you know, your brother behind, and when you go up to go see him, it is. It's 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 impactful and it's meaningful, and that time becomes. It's special. It's a different, it's a completely different experience because if we lived in New Jersey, my nephews are in every single sport. My brother's running from town to town to every soccer game and every football game and you can name it. And my kids would be the same. They'd be in different experiences just as my nephews were. But when I go to New Jersey and I only go, mind you, in the summer, I will not go in the winter because I will (laughs) never, ever, ever experience that again. Um, But... It is quality time, and I was there for a very long weekend this summer, and the experience, the memories, and that quality time that you have is something that you will never, ever, ever have again, and those memories that you share with your family, they're they're wonderful. So, you know, if you do want to make the change and you do want to move and make the experience even that much better with your family, it, it's it is wonderful to do because it, it does make it's a life changing thing. And Lou, I have to say, one of the most important things and impactful things in our family is how you have built this enormous, wonderful, loyal, humble community that you have brought together so many people that I have never ever in my life would ever have thought that I would ever leave New Jersey and say, these people sitting at my table would be my bestest friends ever. And they are. And they are not blood, but I consider them my family. So in that experience alone, the community that you have built from what you have said to me, like, oh, we're going to make this change or we're going to move. And you know what? Ha, ha, ha. You wrote this book. You have built... <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> so that's how you feel about that's the book. That's how I feel. We joke all the time, but... but uh, so, look, I, and, and I will say so. I will say, I, to, to your point, I, 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 grew up, I grew up in an Italian family where family is family and friends are friends. There's, there's, there's an absolute... But wait, wait. There's a difference. There's, right, you are very different. But coming from... And, and, it's, and it's, it is a, absolutely a cultural thing, whatever. Certain things Right, a, Italian... It, like, it wasn't necessarily Godfather-esque, but it was kind of close. But right, family is family, blood is blood. I will tell you, though, I'm not going to get choked up. <clears throat> coming down here, and, and I disagree with you wholeheart- about one thing that you said. Don't roll your eyes at me. I'm getting to a point. 
I just want to think about what you said. First of all, I think that that philosophy of family is family and friends is friends is wrong. I think that line has been very much blurred because the people around this table, the people in this community are not, you know I don't like the fan word, and they be, are beyond friends. They are family. And we treat them that way, and I feel treated that way. And it's one of those things where even though you are 10 minutes away, you don't have to see each other every day to know that that person's there. You know that that love and that support is there. The only thing I say that, that you say that it was wrong is you keep saying I, I, I in terms of building this community. I, I don't feel that way. Um, again, growing up as somebody who did not have a lot of friends and did not have a lot of close friends and still has issues because of, of the, you know, of failed friendships or relationships. As a kid, I feel differently now, not because of the community I built, it's the community that, that we have built. And I mean, not just the people on the table, the person that's listening to this. We are friends and extended family, whether we have met yet or not. And I think that's why you're able to come down here and instantly click with people because you've got something in common. And it's the way I feel this community welcomes people in and sort of embraces us and understands the scary move and getting your kids in school and finding a job and building a house and all those different things. And I think that's one of the the beautiful things about this community and this family that we have. And, and I, and I think that I'll say too that now that I'm down here, the meet of the month is something that I just plan around and look forward to so much. Whereas when I lived elsewhere, I knew I couldn't come anyway. So it just sort of was a thing that meet of the month that would just sort of go past. But now if, if you have a meet of the month and I'm on a business trip or out of town, I get so mad and, uh, <laughs> Because I, I do want to go there and see all the people, especially the people that aren't local that come in and, you know, getting to be part of that um, every month is another added benefit of being local. And it's it's just amazing. And it's meant to be that. It's <clears throat> it's not meant, and I say this all the time, it's not so people can come and meet me. So I could meet you and I, to a certain degree, maybe it is an extension of Sunday dinner where this is our opportunity to get together. Not every week. You know, not usually it's around food, but it is a way for us to sort of gather around a sort of virtual table and and see each other. Um, So obviously when we made the choice to move to Florida, it wasn't just for the two of us. We had two young kids that were just starting to go through school. And obviously the, the timing of the move was very important because, like I said, I didn't want the kids to be so heavily vested, not just in school, but in friendships and relationships and sort of planting their roots in the home and the community that we live. So the timing for us was important. But I want to actually hear from my kids who, for all intents and purposes, really have grown up in Florida. There were the few years, about, what was it, three years or so that we spent in Naples? Um, yeah, we spent about three, four years. Two Was it two years? All right, so two years in Naples before moving up to Orlando. Now, you guys were really young, so we moved in 2007-8. So, Nicholas, you were only about... Four. He was four. maybe three, four. And you were how old? Five. You were five. So, do you remember at all when we were moving from New Jersey to Florida, either talking about the move or actually making the move itself? Okay, so I vividly remember stopping at South of the Border Um and I remember sneaking our cat into a hotel because it was in like a little bag. Um, 
and lots of uh, sitting and our little <laughs> mini DVD player. And we would watch like Looney Tunes, you know, like the little tiny like computer almost. And you just put DVDs and you would just watch Looney Tunes. So that's People what know I what a DVD player No, but it was like a baby one. It was so cute. And I just remember that. So you remember you really, really remember the car ride or sort of that first memory of leaving Scotch Plains. I mean, you remember the house that we lived in. But as terms of in terms of making the move. That's where you. That's where you sort of remember was the car ride itself. Yeah. What about you, Nicholas? So I remember also when we walked into the hotel and we had our cat in the bag, and you're we like, I was so excited. I was like, Yes, we're moving! Yay, we're going! To, I'm going to have so much fun meeting new people. And I remember the, holding the cat in my hand, and I was just like, Be quiet! We can't let them know you're here. And I was just, I remember that. And I remember when we got to our first house here, and I was just like, This is where I'm supposed to be. Right, so that's a great point because we first moved to South Florida, right, where we were close to your grandparents. But then the time came where you had been in school for a few years, and then all of a sudden we were making a different move. We were moving up to Orlando where we didn't know anybody. We didn't really have any, yeah, have any, certainly any family there. We had some friends. Do you remember the conversation about kids? We're moving from here, again, where we were renting, to living right behind Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom. Do you remember those conversations and that move itself? So I don't remember the conversations, but I do remember being sad to leave my friends. But then, like, when I went to my new school, I'm like, yeah, I've lived in so many houses. I've made so many moves. Like, it's so cool. I've lived in a bunch of different <laughs> places when in, in reality, like, we were we rented a house in Naples and we lived in New Jersey for like five years of my life. But then I was just, I got all over all of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm living by the Magic Kingdom as an eight-year-old. And that's pretty cool. So so you recognized early on, like, hey, I'm living like this close, you know, where, where we're going to be able to go to the Magic Kingdom and Disney World as often as we would like. Well, most of my friends, they like when I met them, when we like moved here from school, they've lived in Florida like their whole lives and they've lived in Orlando. So it was kind of like normal to them. But when I came home, I'm like, do you know the Magic Kingdom is like right here? And they were like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, they weren't as into it as, as you were because you guys came here as Disney fans because we brought you here. Marion, you were six months the first time you visited Disney World, and Nicholas was what, probably... No, well, I was in the womb the first time. Well, yeah, but the first time that you actually remember being... <laughs> Nicholas, what about you when, when we sort of talked to you about moving here and then got to and moved into this first house, did you sort of understand that we were sort of literally moving to Disney World? So... I remember, I don't remember the conversation saying of you guys saying we're moving to Orlando, but I do remember the last day and I was like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm leaving my friends. And then when I got here, I realized, wait a minute. The Magic Kingdom is right there. You mean that we're like right next to it and it's like in our backyard? Oh, and I do remember at night we were like, what is that sound? Like this really loud boom. So we came upstairs and we were like, and they, I knew my parents knew what it was, but I was like, I was totally clueless. So we were like looking around all the windows in the house and like just the right window, like just like my parents' room's window, we were like, are those can't be? And they were like the fireworks and we were freaking out. 
Because, like, and now, you know, it's every night. It's like, oh, there goes the fireworks. Or, like, in the morning on the way to school, oh, there's a train. Wow. Okay, cool. But, like, the first time, I just remember being like, whoa. Like, we're that close. So now that, and now that you guys have been here for years, tell me about your experience at Disney. Sort of how has your experience changed? Because we made a very deliberate choice early on not to take you to Walt Disney World every single week every single weekend, because one, there's a lot of other stuff to do. Two, we didn't want it to become something that was, oh, really, again, with the Disney World. We still wanted it to be something fun and something different and special. So how has your Walt Disney World experience changed over the past few years? So really, Disney has changed from like going like on a little vacation to like hanging out. Just sometimes we go to like Disney Springs or like some of the parks to hang out with our friends and just eat and walk around. <laughs> That's my just, boy. <laughs> yeah, just eat like mostly eat, but yeah. But it's just it's turned from a vacation spot where like oh yeah we're going to Disney World yeah where we like hang out where we're like still excited but like we could just go there and hang out now. And I think that's the key point. You said we're still excited. Like when we go to a park, because we don't go that often, it still feels special, right? You still sort of get that special feeling when you walk into Magic Kingdom or when you see Pandora or when the doors are open at the boathouse. Yeah. Mostly when the doors, yeah. Um, so for me, this is like a big age thing too. Cause like when you're eight, you know, nine, 10, you're like, Oh, I want to go on the new ride. I want to meet the characters, but not only like, age but since we've gone so much I've noticed that I'm not as into the rides like I know I know what the three caballeros is like I it's great I love it but like every time we go I'm not okay I need to ride this ride this ride this ride you're not really on a schedule like you would be during a vacation we're kind of more just walking around eating again lots of eating we might go on one ride two rides like and I know that sounds like we're taking everything for granted but like once you've gone so much it's it's like you can't you can do that you don't have to go on you know a bunch of rides right because you're not going there because you need to hurry up and get a fast pass but by the same token you can say hey you know what it's a Saturday afternoon you guys want to go to the park we'll see if we can get a fast pass maybe we'll just go to Epcot wander around for a little while if we want to ride something, great. If we, if not, it's not the end of the world. Or, hey, let's go to Magic Kingdom or Epcot or wherever and get something to eat, Wander World Showcase, and watch Illuminations. So actually, like, two weeks ago, I was, like, talking to my friends. We're like, oh, like, we all have Disney passes, which surprisingly is rare. For the amount of children that live in Orlando, not all of them have Disney passes. You're welcome. But, <laughs> but all of us... Um, we were like, yeah, like, let's go meet up. So we went to Hollywood Studios, and then we were like, eh, we're not really feeling it here. So we were like, let's just go to Magic Kingdom. So we all went together. We only, we went on, like, the like the few rides, and we just had a good time, which was nice. It's kind of like an impromptu little hangout right. thing. And, uh, Marion, I'm sure you can attest to this. I may be a somewhat protective father. <laughs> somewhat. Don't laugh. But by the same token, Deanna, as our kids are getting older, we, I think maybe the one of the only places that we feel comfortable saying, yeah, you and your friends can go and spend the afternoon here or go off on your own for a while is letting Mariner friends and Nicholas and his friends go. And if, let's say we're in World Showcase and Epcot, they want to go and wander off on their own and ride rides or do whatever. Like the trust and the security factor that we have as parents 
because it's Disney, even Disney Springs will drop off Mariner Friends, let them go wander around, go to the movies, and then pick them up later. I will tell you, you might not know this, there's not a lot of other places, if anywhere, that I would feel as comfortable as I do other than Disney. It's a completely different experience, I think, for us now, because being here, they're exposed to a lot more. And um, yes, I do have to agree with you. Like, I feel comfortable letting them go with their friends and walk around. Plus, the other thing, too, is that now, you know, they're, all, they're both at an age where they have cell phones, so we can actually get in touch with them at all times. And, you know, they're, they're keep in touch with us. So, But I have to agree, like, it's definitely a lot safer than, you know, the norm. Right, well, plus the tracking chip I implanted in both yeah. of them as well, like the, little, like the dog chip. Right. Well, but I mean, even taking Disney out of the equation, in terms of, as parents, where we live, I would never have felt, and, and we lived in a, in, a, in a wonderful town and community, very, very safe back in New Jersey, even in Naples, but I wouldn't be as comfortable even tonight as we were recording where a bunch of the kids said, hey, we want to go and walk over to the park I wouldn't have felt as comfortable as I do, again, not in Disney, but in the communities that all of us live with our kids, letting them say, hey, we're going to walk down the street. We all have our phones. We'll be back by the time it's dark, but we're going to go to the park by ourselves. Right. Um, you do. You have that sense of security now um, that, you know, a- as a parent at this age, my mother used to take us to the mall and she used to sit there for hours with a book. I mean, we had no cell phones whatsoever and she just used to let us walk around and we'd had times that we needed to check in. So like a certain time, but now with our kids, they go and we call them and they call us and they check in with us, but it's definitely a very safe community. And I think it's because of where we live. And I think it's the proximity of Disney. As we've talked about, there is something about that security, that comfort level, that service, whatever it is, that I think sort of bleeds out from the parks into the surrounding areas. And I very much feel that it it bleeds over into where we live. So it's why I feel not only that is Walt Disney World a a wonderful place to bring your kids. Obviously, your guys' experience has changed. You're so much more concerned about the details and the stories and the food, not just riding attractions and the food and the dining. But being able to grow up in the area around it. So the other thing I think that is so cool is that like being here saying to your friend, Hey, listen, they're going to have a play date in a park. Yeah. Well, you know, you did have play dates in the park. Like we would take you with another parent and we would all meet up in the parks and we go on. And we still do. Right. We still do. We still do it. But I'm just saying like, what, what a cool thing to do, like with your friends, going to Disney World with your friends. Right. And that's why we say that Walt Disney World is our park. Right. Because in New Jersey, you would meet some of your friends or other moms or dads. You take your kids to the park cool to go park. play or have a picnic. It's sort of what we do now, but now there just happens to be well, attractions and food and wine festival and flower and garden. And those are some of the things that we do with our friends who are, who are locals as well as, well as those friends who come down to visit, and I, and I wonder, and I speculate, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, as you get older and have friendships and families of your own, how you're going to look back and say, yeah, I basically grew up in Disney World, and what that, how that experience is going to impact you in your life. I absolutely believe that because of where we live and because of what you're exposed to there, in terms of courtesy and service and cleanliness and professionalism and all the things beyond the, the confines of the attractions, 
I definitely those things, I believe those things are having a positive impact on who you are as kids. And as you get older to be young adults and adults, I think that we'll be able to, hindsight will be 2020, but we'll have a better idea of just how much this place, as much as us as parents and, and you know, your upbringing already has had an impact on you. So hopefully you guys think it's as cool as we want you to think that you live, that you grew up in Disney World. Yeah, pretty cool. It's been amazing. And I know that this has gone very long because there's a lot to, to cover, but in terms of an overall look at the experience and maybe some of the reality check, look, we're talking about how wonderful this whole thing is, but it's also hard and it's scary and all those things. What would you say was either one of your biggest challenges, something that you would do differently, um, something that you would change um, in terms of making the move down here? If anything, then it might not be, listen, it might have gone exactly as you had, had hoped and planned. I think I underestimated the difficulty of the transition for my oldest uh, son. He's 13. He had a lot of really you know, close friends and, um, you know, well, he didn't have a lot. He had a few very good close friends in Greensboro that I think, uh, you know, for the first six or seven months we were here, it was very difficult for him. And I think I would have considered that a little longer. I think for, uh, myself, I'm not speaking for Angelina, but myself in New York, the house we sold, we lived in a two family with my sister and her family with my two nephews and niece and seeing them every day. I think that's like the family aspect of it was the biggest thing. Like I, I lost it when we left the house. Like when we moved down a year ago, like I was crying halfway down the New Jersey turnpike. Like I missed the kids so much, but you know what? Talk to him all the time. And I've seen him several times since we left and you know, I'm still seeing them grow up and stuff. It's different, but like that was the toughest part. Yeah. For me, it was the family. Um, Leaving my brothers behind. That's the only problem I have. Aside from that, everything else has been uh, pretty much. Um, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not here. I mean, you got Berrigan, so. Mike and I do, we, you know, we do Costco runs, like regular Costco. <laughs> oh, you're so We do do Costco. <laughs> We're taking first. Do you, like, coordinate your shirts and stuff? Yeah. Do you, like, do step brothers? <laughs> Tony looked down at his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> do we just become best friends? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it took a long time for it to happen. Um, That's you know, but there's nothing you could do about that. It was uh, we, you know, we joke around and talk and talk about the loss on the house, but that I I refer back to that because it was like it makes no difference. You know, it was time, and we have a whole lifetime to make money and all that that nonsense. You can always make more money, right? That's it. And aside from yeah, aside from um, missing my parents, we actually see them probably. Like I said, we get more quality time when we're here. We lived upstate, so we would see them for holidays, which is a bummer, not having them right there for holidays. But they came and spent two weeks with us. Like, they haven't... And my son was like, that's, he spent more time with his grandparents since we, since we moved here. Awesome. <laughs> my dad's a crazy person, and Mike, he and Michael bonded over their issues. Um, but yeah, aside from leaving... There's no, I have no other regrets. There's nothing... There was no negative or cons aside from uh, leaving my brothers behind. That's it. So, yes, the first year was very difficult. She's staring right into my eyes. I'm so scared about what's going to come out of your mouth right now. 
But the best thing ever was when there was a huge blizzard in New Jersey. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting. And I, my brother is texting me pictures of him snow blowing, and I'm texting him pictures of my kids riding their bikes in their pajamas. Like, that's and be, look, sad. when your kids are yeah. swimming on Christmas, like, yeah, and you're like, it is, it, it's... It's so very different to be, and it's not to sort of rub it in the face, but no. that's when you're like, this is 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 part of. I'm gonna rub it in the face. Yeah, I, I know. I know. As soon as the first blizzard comes, yeah, Maria's Maria's. Is. That's what we said. The first month we moved down here in March, and within the first three weeks we lived here. Back home, they got 62 inches of snow. Yeah. And that's where my younger brother kept saying, yeah, but look at all these glorious grays. You're missing the gray. Yeah. You can't, he's very bitter that he That made the transition much easier for you. You're like, yeah, yeah. I moved to the just. The windows were open. You know, it was gorgeous weather. We, I mean, we had the most perfect weather in the world, you know, March in, in, in Again, yeah. yeah, but it, but it was like, and they got 60 something. We drove out in a blizzard though. We left. You, in a you always say, Lou, you can't shovel sunshine. Right. Like it's the greatest thing in the world. Like, so. And I love my brother and I miss my nephews to death. But as I said, it's quality time when I see them and they come here. So, yeah. So I think, um, the, yeah, the, I don't have regrets or, or things that happened that weren't expected. You know, I mean, I knew it would be hard to leave my mom and it has been. And, you know, that's, that's just reality. That was the reality of the choice that we made. And she we're... She comes here and you're like on vacation. We're ex- exactly. Like, and, it's and, like the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, and it's, and it's wonderful and the dust has settled. And I, and I said going into this, like, you know, the first two weeks will be horrible and she'll come down with me for the move and she'll leave and it'll be horrific and the dust will settle and then everything will be okay. And it, and it has been. I mean, we made our choice. We knew the choice that we were making. And the reality of that has been you know, has been wonderful and challenging in all the ways that I expected. And I think that I, you know, looking at, looking at the, the experience of this and, and again, none of this has been unexpected, but I think that I used to enjoy Florida from desperation. Like we would come down and I would cling to every moment because I knew I had to leave. And that see you real soon sign when you left Magic Kingdom that last time would make me sick to my stomach. And when they would slide the bill under your door under the last oh, night when you're in a hotel. <laughs> I mean, you laugh and it sucks, but I emotionally, like knowing what I was going back to and then it was a life that I did not love was was horrible and you know and the and and I still see and and I still get a like a twist in my stomach when I see the magical tragical express pull in going the wrong way truly no like I I still feel it for the people that are pulling out and you know and and I think that you know something that's really interesting is that I used to cling to every moment down here like I remember I would I remember one time like it was during this horrible deal. I was doing this awful, awful partner at the firm that I was working for, and it was just horrible. And I remember sitting, and I, we were we were down here, and I remember sitting at Tangerine Cafe and thinking to myself, "God, this one was so good. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> no, it, it's the best quick service aside from Satoli. But anyway, but no, I remember sitting in there and thinking, like, cling to this moment because you are going to go home and you're going to wish that you were in this moment. So enjoy it for everything that it's worth. And, and I did, and I would try to, and, and now it's, and I kind of knew coming in, but I enjoyed Disney from a less desperate perspective now. And I think that's really, really interesting, like to be here and just be calm in that moment and know that I can come back tomorrow and that I can just come for 30 minutes if I want to. It's, it's a really, really different experience and we're approaching a different subject, but it's, it's a very different experience living here, but 
but to experience this life from a less desperate and clinging perspective is the biggest thing for yeah, me. Like, uh, I, I, I flew home to New York, not home, I flew to New York two weeks ago. <laughs> I flew up, spent a couple of days up there, and I actually drove down with my mother and my two nephews and niece a week and a half ago, and they stayed for the past uh, week and a half, and they left this morning. And when I, got, when I left uh, Orlando Airport, like when I landed in Newark, I'm like, I, I couldn't even tell you the feeling. It was just like, it's I'm ready to go. Yeah. I, I can, Nobody gets happy landing in Newark. Remember, he texted right. me, I'm ready to go I, home. I, I, say, I texted both of you. Yeah. The first day he texts us, I'm ready I, to go home. Yeah, I would say the, the five years that I lived with you back in New York when I first moved home, I would say as soon as I landed either in JFK or Ooh, Newark, none of them are my body. <laughs> you, everybody shuddered when you said JFK airport. As soon as you <laughs> land, you feel angry. Yeah. You feel it is a you different. It's yeah. not even funny because growing up in that city, I can say you know some people say, oh, if you don't like it, then leave. Well, you know what? I was born and raised in New York City, and I'll tell you right now, and that's we why I left. left. <laughs> because. You do take on the energy of where you live, yeah. right? So we all talked about earlier how everyone just feels happier here because the energy here is happier. <laughs> as soon as you land back home up north, you feel the intensity, the anger, the, anxiety. you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. like you can cut it with a knife in the air. People are just ready to honk their horn at you, flip <laughs> you off. And I, I will admit, I was that person. I was Corella DeVille no, behind you. I, 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 I can't see that at all. Yeah, I, road rage galore. But as soon as I would land down here, it was like I was a completely different person. I'm like, this is nice. And this then on the right. other side of it, after driving down with my mother and the kids, and they stayed with us for a week and a half, this morning my niece was leaving, and she's like, Uncle Michael, are you coming home with us? <gasps> oh, God. And she cool. broke my heart. I'm like, no, but we'll be up in a month like, or two to see you. Oh, yeah, no, no different. Different. Than right. So, but, and I think we, somebody said that we haven't really talked much about Disney, and that's where I want to sort of circle this around to as we, as we wrap this up, is your Disney experience. Mm-hmm. How has that changed? Um, oh, obviously, there's so many advantages to living right behind Magic Kingdom, although Animal Kingdom is still so far away. It does, it is you right? Tell me it doesn't it change your perspective in terms, in terms of, right? Really like, hey, it's 20 minutes away, and I got to park and walk. Let's just go to Epcot. It's right, right here. There's so many advantages. Yeah, oh, my God, it's so nice. But the, look, and when I say advantages to living close by in terms of the frequency that you go and annual pass holder say, rates and, and last-minute cruises and stuff like that, tell me how your Disney experience has changed. And more importantly, one of the things I hear all the time is, well, you're there all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not special anymore. It's not magical anymore. Well, every, oh, my God, you're all... My, the, the vultures are swarming trying to grab the microphone. Wait a minute. My immediate observation. I'm afraid of Angela, so I'm going to let her go first. <laughs> No, I'm a different person now. I'm happy again. I'm here. No, I would say my two immediate observations is, one, like I said earlier, the best part about living here is if you're having a bad day or a stressful day with work or, or just life in general, just grab yourself a fast pass and go to the park. And everything's awesome again. I can always get out of the doghouse with either when she's done working in there, <laughs> with either a Navi a Navi River fast pass so late in the evening or a, a late night safari like at seven thirty eight o'clock at night. It just makes her happy. Especially we went and saw the baby giraffe the other day, and it fixed everything for days. Nothing like animals to soothe the beast in me. But <laughs> I will say. Um, as a now once again local here, 
Um, I am more tolerant of crowds in Disney yeah, World absolutely. because I say, you know, at first when we first moved down, I'm like, oh my God, these people. Oh my God, 10 million people. Oh God. And I'd say to him, you know what? Some of these people have saved up for years just exactly. to come here this weekend. Exactly. Let them go in front of me in line. Yeah. I don't care. Or, you know, those kids are loud and annoying, but look how happy they are. Like, they're so happy. I wish I could experience the way they are experiencing it right now again. Because you forget how magical it is. But is it still special? To the little know? humans. Yes. I, it's special in a different way. It's mm-hmm. special because it's soothing to me now. Yeah. You know, I go at night when it's not a million degrees. I go at night after work and I'm just like, I love it. I am so fortunate. I get to walk in here whenever I want. I don't have to run or race or fight somebody to get online because I live here. But so, if she has to wait more than two minutes on the fast pass line, well, right, of course. she gets a line. Fast pass is called fast pass for a reason. It's relative in Florida. It's like medium. <laughs> but I, I will say, and, and years ago, uh, my friend Glenn, um, who I miss desperately, who used to live down here, he, he summed it up so perfectly. It's going to Disney World is like going to your park. And I don't mean like a theme park. It's like your local park. It's where you see your friends. It's where you hang out. And that's exactly, we're not rushing in to rope drop, you know, flight of passage most days. At the beginning, when you first move down here, you do. When your family comes down. When your family comes down. But once once that starts to wear off, again, I want you to sort of talk about your Disney experience. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is that my idea of a perfect day at Walt Disney World has changed so dramatically now. It, it usually doesn't involve attractions for me. Um, and this really gets at what Lisa was saying about not um, feeling like I have to do everything and be here for 10 hours mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm here all the time. You know, a perfect day for me would be to, you know, walk into the Magic Kingdom, get some popcorn, sit down on a bench on Main Street, and stay for about 20 minutes and leave. That's just a perfect day for me. Because that's, for me, that's the part of Walt Disney World that hasn't changed so much since I was a kid, except for Center Street and and the Magic Shop and (laughs) all the things we miss. But it still has the same feeling that it did when I was a kid, Main Street, USA. And um, it's just those little quiet experiences, the kind of experience you might get going to a park that's not a Disney right. park. You know, right. it's, it's a, wonderful, a, a wonderful way to experience Walt Disney World as a local. Can I, can I say something? Like, it's funny because when I moved here and I got my annual pass... So the first week I was at the parks, like I used to be at the parks. So I was like, they are going. And I was like, wait, I have time to do this. I don't have to rush through it. And so right now when I go, it's more about the details for me. And you you know, I love to take pictures and stuff. So all of a sudden I started seeing things that I never noticed before, because before it was like, you gotta go to the fast pass, you gotta run. And you don't notice things. You don't have the luxury of noticing things. And another thing for me has changed that I had never done before when I was here on vacation. Now I can go and visit the different hotels. Mm. And it's something that I had never done it before. And the people are like, oh, you can do, you know, resort hopping. I was like, I don't have time for that. I got, you know, I gotta be at the park and then I gotta go back. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, it, and it's great. <laughs> but it was great, you know. <laughs> and it was great. To, it's great to be able to do that or to enjoy different restaurants or try different things and go to different stores and just taking your time. So that I enjoy very much. By the way, notice, just to be clear, we've been recording for two. 
we have not talked about food at all. Like I'm, when you said perfect day, the fact that you didn't mention Boathouse means we, yeah, we have to, we have to have a conversation, you and I. No, but, but for you, it's funny you said, because for us, it's, um, well, the boys are still young and my son Jordan is over the top Disney geek. So he's, if, if, you know, every weekend he's walking around shaking his head and smiling, but so, but we'll like sit on the couch and if I can put together three fast passes for an afternoon, we'll pick them up from school and we'll go to, like last week we went to, two weeks ago we went to the studios, got there at 5 p.m. We hit three fast pass rides and we were back home by 9 p.m. Um, and we'll hit, we'll go over and uh, we'll go over for, have lunch and just hang out or wander. Um, it's so much fun to be in the parks when the kids are at school. I mean, it's the coolest, the best part. The best part is when you pick them up from school and they say, what'd you do today, Dad? And Charlene and I, Hi, what'd you guys do? And we just high five and like you could see the look on his face. We do that. Yeah, we, I mean, but, um, but, but like, it's so funny because at everyone here, we're one of the closest people to Disney World. Um, I left... Charlene and Deanna at the Contemporary the other day, and it took me six minutes from the time I started my car till I shut it off. Exactly six minutes on the clock, and that's you know, amazing to me. No, but <laughs> and well, the funny part is Charlene. She's walking around. She says, "There's a new development. I think it's closer than where we live." And you guys are laughing like I'm joking. She's like, "Wouldn't that be cool?" But um, but yeah, it's definitely different for me. Um, the magic's not gone. I still love to see. I love that my kids are getting to grow up here. Yes. Between the schools and having the parks here and all this fun stuff, um, we've been DVC members for years, and we're just focusing on different things too. We have we hit Vero Beach for the first time this year, and my boys got to see sea turtles hatching, and you know, so we'll just vacations will change. Um, the magic's not gone for us, but it like and Glenn and I and yourself, we discussed that a lot. And I really, I actually thought about, it's funny you mentioned because I thought about Glenn the other day when I was at the parks. And I'm like, that's what it's become for us. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah, well, the first week when we, uh, we were here, the kids had spring break. And in, we went to the Animal Kingdom. And instead of going on any rides the whole morning, we went and walked through Asia. Mm-hmm. And we sat and... Um, what was the bird sanctuary there? Yeah. We just oh, watched the birds. Sad, yeah. Like, it was just kind of, we slowed down and saw the things we didn't normally would stop and look at. And we told the um, kids we're not Even the baby tigers, yeah. We went and sat, we just watched them for half an hour play. Like, things we kind of always missed to run to the rides. We're starting to do more now. Um, you're... you're- your experience here changes. Yeah. It's not about the rides. Yes, it's an occasional yeah. fast pass or friends come into town. You're gonna you're gonna be hitting the rides, yeah. but it is you go to well, look. I say all the time, not just because Boathouse is there, although it's a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. I have probably spend more time at Disney Springs yeah. just wandering around, yeah. and and now with so many different yeah. dining options and and yeah. eating. Who am I kidding? Um, there is it, it's it's part of what your experience here is. It's not any less magical. It's just different, mm-hmm. and the pace is is and different. For Charlene, she works at the Springs. She works at Boathouse, and it was she had outside tables one day, and it's raining, so she got let off early. She comes home. I said, "What are you going to do?" And it wound up that the rain passed, so we went to the Springs. And she's it's not like she avoids it because like you would think like who here or listening is like oh I'm off today let's go to work let's go buy my job and kind of hang out over there. But that's what you do. It's just it's still a, it's a special place. Yeah. 
And it's funny, like, sorry, it's funny, like, you know, I had friends asking me, oh, are you going on vacation this summer, like, in the fall? And I was like, I'm on vacation. Yeah, like, it, exactly. it, feel, it still feels that way. Of course, I work every day, you know, and everybody yeah. here does. I mean, we all have to. Work, work, but work, but work. There's, <laughs> there's still that feeling of, I'm on vacation, because we have the luxury of going to a park if we want to, or going to a pool that yeah. it would never exist. Yeah. That's crazy talk. I'm still <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, I think one, and I say this tongue in cheek sometimes to people, but, you know, one of the things that you get, and whether it's out of, you know, jealousy or actual questioning or anything else, when you're telling people that you're making this move, the first question that I think you often get is, isn't it going to get old eventually? And doesn't it get old? And my response is always, well, has your local mall gotten old for you? Yes. Yes, it has. But, but truly, no, I mean, I've made many a move in my life. You know, I've lived in Maryland, and then I was up in New York, and then I was down up to Boston, and then I was back down to New York, and then I was in Maryland, and then I was in Virginia. Nobody ever asked me if I was bored with the place that I lived until I told them that I was moving to Disney. And it's interesting, right? Because none of those places had things that were draws. But, you know, nobody said, oh, you're moving to Howard County, Maryland. Aren't you going to get tired of the mall? <laughs> no, because you were living there to live a normal life. And I'm living a normal life here. I'm just living it in the place that feels right to me in this moment. And when I want to go to Magic Kingdom, I do because I can. But I don't have to. And so it's never going to get old because I'm just living the life that I want to live in the place that I want to live it. And as close as, to my point before, as close as we live there, there there's a there's a... You know, there's a division between your daily life and when you do decide to go. It's just having that luxury of it being right there with the added benefit of everybody that, that works and lives around here. I believe you're right. That whoever said it, There's something about that place, and for those of us that we understand it, that's special and magical that bleeds over into the surrounding communities and the people that live in them. And it is. I mean, I think, you know, there's... You know, we're all living, moving into these new communities with these, you know, four and five bedroom homes with people who are new transplants. And who's moving into them? New families with young children, you know, who are moving to a specific place for a specific reason. And so there's this built-in commonality to everyone who's living here of having, you know, a family who's sort of drawn to this place for a reason. And so I think the friendships are sort of built in when you, you know, when you're relocating to here. You know, and the fact that I can, you know, after a day of school with my kids, take them to Epcot for the sole reason of watching the trains in Germany for an hour is incredible. I mean, I have a five-year-old and a, and a, you know, my older son's about to turn eight later, you know, next week. You know, and, and that's all they want to do sometimes. You know, they love, you know, some of the festivals at Epcot because they put the play sets up, you know, for them to play on. Kenneth, I was literally walking home with my kids on their bicycles on Friday yeah. afternoon last week. Right. And Kenneth was in his car with his son driving home from the same school. And we stopped to say hello. And my kids were chatting with his son. And your son, and Nolan, said, son says, can you guys play? Yeah, he said, can they play? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can. And so like 15 minutes later, we're at Kenneth's house. And the kids are playing. And we're chatting. And you know, Kenneth's like, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I'm a little bit hungry. And so I got on my phone. And all of a sudden, we're at 1900 Park Fair. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, and I proposed to Drusilla, so. <laughs> yeah, and he did. He got on his knee. And he proposed to Drusilla. And we got some good, no, but, you know, and the kids were like, 
like out on the lawn of the Grand Floridian playing for an hour and then we went and had some dinner and it was great and and that's just life now and it's you know and like I said it's it's like you're not you're not clinging to the moment in desperation because it's going to end and I think that's something you have to be ready for because it's it's a different experience of Disney um but it's 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 bigger in its entirety than you know the trips ever were and I think that's a good point to sort of wrap things up in terms of this whole experience. There, there is, there are so many factors and, and things to consider um, when making the move. But in hindsight, to sort of look back on your move and your decision, you know, sort of summarize. Look, for me, I say this all the time. It was, it was the best choice we ever made in terms of where this is the right place for our family to be, our kids to grow up, uh, advancement of our careers, and where we know, you know, we all said the same thing, knowing that this is where we're supposed to be. So if you had to sort of sum up the, your, your decision and the process and the move and everything else, how would you sort of bring pull together? Yeah, I, I would say that's exactly right. I know this is where... I and my family are supposed to be. I think even my oldest son, who had the hardest time leaving his friends now, is so much happier here, um, you know, a year on than we were uh, before. And um, yeah, I would just say, you know, to sum up, don't be afraid to take risks. Be deliberate in how you structure your life. Um, everybody gets 30,000 days. Um, you, you can always make more money. Um, so that's, yeah, I think the biggest thing with the move for us too is it wasn't a hard decision for us. It was, we had been married for a few years. It was time for something different. We were selling our place in New York and why not try something new? We had our family up there, which I do miss my family, but we still see them and it's good down here so far. So, yeah, I mean, you said it, you know, a couple of you said it already, it was in the simplest terms, it was the best thing I ever did for my family and for me. I mean, every from start to finish, aside from, like I said, missing my brothers desperately, I uh, everything's better. Everything about it. It's it's life feels very different. There's no we. I mean, you know, I'm very lucky in that. I mean, it was a lot of work, but you know, I have a job that I love to do, and amazing wife. My kids are so cool, and we're here, and I have all you people. It's like. It's it, sometimes, I mean, we look at each other like, I, I mean, it's six months later, and I'm going to get in trouble for using the word crap again, but I'm like, oh, oh my God. I'm like, I thought you were going to say something emotional. Anyway. No, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, holy crap, can you? Oh, go? my God, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one was just to let you know I was going to use the second one, but it's like that. Like, can you believe this is? Like a dream come true. Yeah. There it is. Aww. No, but it is. it is. It really is. It's hard to believe sometimes. You pinch yourself sometimes. Yeah, sincerely. It's true, and... and I feel the same, like even though I'm I'm a newbie here, it's just three months, I know it was the right thing for me to do, and I'm in the right place to be. It was a crazy move, mine, I know that, um, but that's also how I've been living all my life, so it, it fits. Um, probably one of the hardest things was just the prep, you know, being back home and just selling and throwing away everything and, you know, having a good month sleeping on a blown-up mattress and, you know eating ham and strawberries. <laughs> 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 
and that was that was really that was really just the hardest part for me. But right now, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, I would do it again. I would eat ham and strawberries again. You know who else loves ham and strawberries? <laughs> me. <laughs> and that's why we're not going to let you move home. Right. Move back. Or, you know. So, I just want to say, like, just being grateful for, um, for the challenges that we've been given because I think that every challenge that you are given is a experience and you learn from it and you grow from it because all of our challenges that we have had to um, conquer, they have been difficult ones, but we have conquered them, I think, successfully and together. So if you are going to make a change, it is scary but I think it's important that you at least try and go for it because the change usually when one door closes, another one opens. So don't be afraid because on the other side, there is light and you will always be much happier. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm blessed because I have a wonderful husband and I have two absolutely fabulous children and we are in a fabulous place with these wonderful people. So thank you. Amen. <laughs> no, I, I'll just close that by saying, you know, give yourself permission to do what your heart says that you should do. Um, and I think that, you know, you do, for, for me, and I think for so many of us, um, you know, in my generation, the challenge in making a decision like this is that you're going to be leaving family behind that's not willing to make the move. Um, and there's a challenge in that and there's a feeling of disloyalty in that. Um, and I think that, you know, when I was considering making this move, you know, a, a year plus ago and we were getting serious about the change, I literally sat down with clergy, um, you know, during a very, very difficult time and, you know, talked to this woman, um, about what I was considering. And she literally said to me, you have my permit, you have permission, you have permission from the universe to do what your heart wants you to do. Um, and I think that in not doing that, you're not only paying yourself a disservice, but you're paying the family that you think that you're loyal to a disservice. My mother, you know, makes her choices and I make my choices and I am paying her a disservice in not honoring what's right for me. Um, and, I, and I would extend the same permission to anyone who's listening to this who feels the same call. So there, there's two things that I want to say in, in, in summary. Um, this, I, I talk about this being the best move. I think we all talk about this being the best move, move we ever made. To a certain degree, Disney has nothing to do with it. It doesn't. Um, Disney, is, as much as this is my job and it's, it's what I do, it's, it is the people, right? To sort of a, to paraphrase Walt, it's the people that have made the dream a reality. And it absolutely is. This place wouldn't be anything. This, these four walls wouldn't be anything without the people that pop, populate it. And I don't just mean my immediate family. I mean you, my extended family, and you, I'm pointing to the recorder, like they could see me. Like you, my extended family, like that is what makes this place um, and this move so special. Like how interesting and, and, is it that this is probably the least you've ever talked about Disney in a podcast? And food. Like, I can't believe I'm having my food. <laughs> like, how, like, how much does it speak to, like, what moved us all in doing this? Is that, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think you've done a show where you've talked less Disney. Yeah. 
I mean, it is, it is Disney sort of the cherry on the cake yeah. on this yeah. very oh, big, yeah. very yeah. delicious... I'm hungry again. Now I'm talking about food. But I think for those people that are thinking about it, and, and for those of you who I've worked with either at Momentum or at the retreat and things like that, I think the two most powerful words in the, in the language are what if. And I think you have to ask yourself, and you have to use those words not to say, well, what if it doesn't work? What if we don't like it there? What if the kids don't like it? What if, what if all these... You have to turn it around and say, well, what if we, what if we did what if we sold the house and got a new job or started this thing, this, this hobby or this business that you wanted to start? What if it does work? What if we go down there? And if it doesn't, so what? You do something different. But you've got, you can't allow yourself to have that potential regret later on. Like, what if we didn't? I wonder what would have happened if we would have done it. And I think that's why we did it. I think that's why all of us did it. In, is, is deep down, it was that what if. And, and I think fortunately... We are not alone. We know a lot of other people who are not at this table who have also made this move. Deanna, the one mistake I made was not buying a ton of property down here and just reselling. We could have like the WWE commune. It would have been awesome um, because so many people have done it. Like when we... Yeah, that's all I think about when I drive around. I see right? these communities breaking ground. That could have been us. Why that could have been us. And I would have to <laughs> Like, I should have bought land 10 years right. ago. <laughs> I'm like, can I interest you in this <laughs> but, um, but it is, and it's, it's far and away the best thing we've done, and it's, it's thanks to all of you. Um, I will go very quickly to sort of just... Because there's got to be a couple things that you miss about back home. I say it all the time. I don't miss the people. I don't miss Newark Airport. I don't miss the construction all over the place. I don't miss the taxes and this pace. I miss the pizza. I miss the bagels. Like, I miss... Nobody knows what a knish is down here. Right? I like it's, Oh, a dirty water hot dog? Wait, what do you want? New York? Like New York Chinese food. Not, so what do you want? Not like authentic Chinese food. I want New York in a cardboard container in a brown paper bag that's greasy Chinese food. What do you miss? Did you order oh, one? No, wait. No, wait, wait. With one piece of pizza. With red lettering and you mark it with a pencil and the girl says, you come down, it's ready, and you're done. Wait, we were talking about this We were talking about this before. I miss the Italian, like, um, like a lot of times the churches would have like an Italian-American feast. Oh, feast. Like the Feast of St. Anthony, the Feast of Arlita yeah, Chestahova. Zeppelis, oh, sausage yeah. and pepper sandwiches, like those pretty dangerous-looking carny people and the Ferris wheels and stuff. But like, that's the kind of stuff that I miss. That, that doesn't exist down here. Yeah. Lexington style North Carolina barbecue. Oh, wait, what? Well, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Oh, oh, not we, even have, thing. we have no, to. No. We have to make a trip. Okay. Wait, do you miss a bialy? Like oh, they don't even know it's. What about pork roll? Oh, somebody brought me down. Wait, somebody brought me at a meet of the month, and forgive me that I don't remember who you are. And I again, like has happened once before. They came to a meet of the month with a cooler that I was afraid had a human heart in it, but she brought me down a thing of, remember, she brought me down Taylor, a Taylor pork roll. Taylor pork roll. When I was in New York, the, the bacon, egg, and cheese, salt and pepper on a roll. Oh, so oh, good. Salt, York, pepper, ketchup. Yeah. Wait, no, pork roll, egg, and cheese. Pork roll, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup on a, on a, on a hard roll. New York, New York Chinese food. And a dirty water hot dog oh, at Yankee yeah. Stadium that's been boiling in the same water since April, <laughs> eating it in September. Rice balls. Rice balls. Rice balls. 
It's good water. Good Italian bread. Listen, people think I'm a lunatic when I say that. Tell me about the water, right? It's it's all in the water. I'm sorry. There's something in the Florida water. I can't even do tea with this water. I can't. So bagels, pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in there. And you know, another thing that I miss about New York, bodegas. You go in the, yeah. in the middle of the night with your PJs, you go to the bodega, and they, they know you, the, the cats at the bodega. I love it. Miss it. Miss it. Wait, miss it. What is a bodega? Because it sounds it's something that should be very bad. Bodega. It's a bodega. bodega. It's a bodega. Yeah. Don't mock her because she talks. They didn't have any my mother brought that up when she was here. Like, we have Publix and everything like that, but you don't have the corner deli right, right. here. So. I cannot believe, with all the Italians and Jews from the Northeast that move down here, that there's not a really good Jewish deli. It would kill down here. Yeah, it would kill. Oh, God, it would kill. It would kill. Two J's is okay, but it's not It's not a real... Parati's is good. No, it's not. At least the, they've, got, they've got boar's head, and they import... <laughs> Are we going an hour four here? Oh my god! So, all right. So wait, very quick. Top ten. The uh, non non Disney reasons. Top ten reasons to move, move here. I, I'll put Publix at the top of that list. Publix. The Publix, Publix gross. If Disney ran a grocery store, it would be Publix. I'm sorry. The number I'm one sorry. reason you never wear pants. Well, wait. wait I, I literally looked at <laughs> out of the little the quiet North Carolina guy. It's shorts. You wear shorts and sandals. Oh, I just. Where are my pants? <laughs> what? All right. Another, another non-Disney reason to move down here. Is it, to, is it just public? Ken stole my pants. I get to watch rocket launches from my front porch. The slower pace. Oh, yeah. The slower pace. I'm still getting used to that part. That's yeah, still. Yeah, 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 it's good and bad. Right, because if we're, you're used to the fast yeah. pace, well, it takes a while. The supermarket, it's yeah. like, let's do oh, this. Let's make it happen. And come to your house to do work. Oh, that's yeah. There's Florida time. Well, like, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. But the sunshine, the weather, the right. sunshine, yeah. definitely. The nature. The, the boathouse. No, the, co- the, com- the community. The community. No, and the wildlife, like the birds and the alligators and the turtles and the like. My, it, and your pet. You have a pet horse too. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually am the one person at the table who does miss the snow. I love the. Cold but you can visit the snow. You can visit the. You don't have to I'm shovel it. Norwegian. So. <laughs> I miss the fall. Oh, the fall. I do miss fall at Giant Stadium. Changing the leaves, the changing the color. I, I miss because we only get about two weeks of winter, so I do miss like jeans and a sweatshirt. Like I've had a fire pit outside. I think I used it twice since we've been here. I miss my fireplace. I miss my fireplace. I miss like we were all about. I miss like having the excuse to not leave the house because of a snowstorm and having a fireplace going. Yeah, yeah all the sunshine makes you feel lazy when you don't want to leave the house. Yeah, it's so so hot outside. Yeah. The air conditioning is so nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with Lisa though. Wildlife because. When you grow up, because it's so delicious. The wildlife is so yummy down here. It's so nice to go walking and you see cranes and yeah. you see, you know, even the squirrels. It is, and you know what? And I think that's part of the reason why everybody's happier. It is. I think it's it's. Well, there's no 
gray days. The sun is right. shining. Everything's always green. Like you don't have those six months of gray when you're in New Jersey up and yeah. up north. You yeah. don't. It's just wonderful. So look, how I, much gray was there in Scotch Point? A lot. Wow. I, there was a lot. <laughs> a lot. Of gray. It was eight months. It was awful. Yeah. Especially when the deer ate all my plants oh, that I planted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you knew Tony, Tony would have just That's taken care of that for you. Oh, and the rainbows. You should move here for the rainbows. There's so oh, many. Yes. The sunsets. The sunsets. The thunderstorms up top. That I love the thunder and lightning storms. I do love sitting in my garage with the door open and sitting there when it's pouring and thunder and lightning. I sit out on my lanai, right? I had my. I just sat out there and you're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm watching the thunder and lightning." We'll sit out there in the lanai in the covered part, watching TV as it's thundering and lightning, like the end of the world around us. It's awesome. Did you say Publix? Yeah, I think I said Publix. Did you say Publix fried chicken? Oh, Publix fried chicken. So good. I have in the ten days. In the ten days my parents were here, I think we had Publix fried chicken for lunch seven days. Not even joking. It is. I mean, it's that good. So. And it's so close. It's so close. So, look, you know, we've listed countless reasons to move here. Um, and I will tell you personally, I have zero regrets in doing it. Um, I can't even say doing it earlier because it wasn't the right time. Like, I think we all just found the right time and the right place. And fortunately, <clears throat> oh, man, um, I almost said the C word, Tony. I think we find the right people, and I think that's why we have found each other. So um, I love and appreciate all of you who are at this table, who are virtually at this table. Um, this move and this choice would um, would not have been what it is without you. So um, I am grateful to you and for you. Um, if you, if I could ever help you, if you have questions about your move, I think I've taken most of the people, most of the people around this table around oh, to yeah. see uh, some of the areas. But if there's ever specific questions, maybe I'll do a live show. Maybe I'll do a live Q and A show one night on a Wednesday night show for people that might have specific questions. Maybe I'll get you guys to come back. We'll eat again and we'll do a live show um, for people that might have questions about you guys. Uh, which, by the way, you share as much or as little if you want people to be able to connect with you or find you online or not. You share as much as you like. Uh, I'm Kenneth Johnson. Um, I can give Lou my email address or you can, um, I don't know how else you'd find me. Uh, I'll just publish Kenneth's address. You can just go knock on his door. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Berrigan, uh, Lou will have my email address in the show notes if anybody's interested in these questions or something like that. I'm easy to remember. Just you can email me at Tony at WGW. And where, where, yeah, where do you do all your like hunty stuff? Oh, we're uh, World woods. Slam Adventures. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have, uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram for World Slam Adventures, uh, and Tony Caggiano Outdoors. World Slim Adventures, World, World Slim Adventures dot com. Tony Caggiano. I have to. You have to send me all these so I can put them in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, you can find MariaRiboli dot com. You find all the links. I'm Dimangelo dot com. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. There is no Dimangelo dot com. <laughs> is there? Is there another website that I don't know? <laughs> I don't really have anything. Sorry. <laughs> How about the WDW Radio running team for those people that want to move down here and run with you crazy people? Yeah, yeah, why would they do that? I don't. Why I have no. Do I don't get any of that at all. But 
No, so I, I actually have chronicled, um, you know, the journey of moving down here and moving away from corporate life and, and everything that's attached to it. Um, you know, so if, if anybody wants to reach out to me as well, um, you can find me, um, thecastlerun.com is my website, and you can reach out to me on the contact through there, also on Instagram at The Castle Runner um, and The Castle Run community on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for, uh, for joining me here tonight around the table. And for the show, I think this is hopefully going to help a lot of people who may be on the fence who have been thinking about moving. Um, without a doubt, the best thing we ever did. So, And now, now I'm hungry. Now we can start talking about food. Where's your favorite? Now that you've moved down here, quick round of round the table, what's your favorite place to eat? Spoonhouse. Lemon shark pokey. B1. Oh, oh B1, too. Oh. We need to go back there for dumplings. Smokehouse. What is it? The Three Rivers Smokehouse. Or four. Yep, four rivers. <laughs> <Smokehouse. laughs> I'm thinking of Pittsburgh. Favorite place to eat? Do you have nothing? I eat at six restaurants a week, and it's never the same <laughs> twice. I don't know. I'm tough. you got to say both. She has to say the both. Boat House. I'm going to have to say Boat House. I mean, Boat House, but I'm not giving away my other one. <laughs> <laughs> Once the oh, you know order stops, you are secret secret happy hour sushi place. Yes. yes. Oh, that's ding 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 ding. Yeah. When you move down here, we'll bring you to the circle. Show me the secret sushi place. And if you tell people, we'll cut you. No. Not allowed to tweet. Yeah, never. I never post. This week's Walt Disney World trivia question is brought to you by our friends over at the Kid Friendly Joke of the Day podcast. It's a daily podcast that parents can enjoy listening to with their kids. You can find the Kid Friendly Joke of the Day on iTunes or go to kidjokeoftheday.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Go there, catch up on back episodes, and submit your jokes to them online. Again, listen and subscribe on iTunes to Kid Friendly Joke of the Day. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes on what you see or hear, possibly even eat. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So it's the most wonderful time of the year, and yes, I know I say that whenever there is some sort of food and or wine or food-related festival going on, which is now almost always, but the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is going on, and it's glorious as always. So of course, this week's trivia question had to be about the Food and Wine Festival itself, and it was very simple. It was to tell me what year was the very first Epcot International Food and Wine Festival held and again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct. Of course, it was 1995. It's just a little bit of a history about how it actually came to be. Back in 1982, there was a, um, a festival held in Aspen, Colorado by a new magazine from the owners of Actually Time, and they called it the Food and Wine Classic. 
Years later, Calagrita saw that Central Florida was becoming a place where wine tasting and wine events were starting to happen, including the Vintage Grand Tasting, which was hosted by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, and that was held at the Hilton at the Walt Disney World Village. And what Calagrita saw was that there was a gap in terms of attendance at this time of year. So in order to fill that sort of space on the calendar with something different that would lure Disney fans from not just the Orlando area, but around the country, that is sort of how the idea and the timing of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival came to be. That being said, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, you were playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, and a WW Radio pop socket for your phone, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is James Elliott. So James, congratulations, you used the form, I have your shipping address. I will get your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. This week's challenge is simple, because all I want you to do is finish this sentence from this quote. I'm even going to tell you where you can find it. From the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. If your future includes shopping, then you want to visit blank. It's that simple. You have until Sunday, September 16th to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you are going to play for the books, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, and a pop socket. And don't forget that if you're looking for other ways to win beyond the trivia contest, to tune in every Wednesday night, as I often have special non-trivia-related giveaways for prize packages that are not books and audio tours and stickers, but some very, very special things out of the prize closet. Again, be sure to watch every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at facebook.com slash Radio. So now, good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to become part of the community and the conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to our Box People group on Facebook. There you can not only talk about this week's show or past episodes, but anything Disney related. I've also posted a whole bunch of Pixar Peer videos from my visit a couple of weeks ago with Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. Again, you can find those at www.radio.com slash community. Speaking of community and family, I want to thank some of the new and the longtime members of our WW Radio Nation family, including Ronald Webstedt, Carmine Valentino, Kristen Davis, Samantha Caravella, Stacey Rackley, and Kelly Williams. I am sincerely grateful to you and all the members of the nation for the love and the support. And if you want to find out how you, like them, can not only help the show, but also get exclusive rewards sent to you every month, including scavenger hunts we have a private facebook group magic band covers logo gear backpacks special ww nation t-shirts monthly care packages from walt disney world we also do exclusive live video group calls and lots more you can visit www.radio.com slash support and don't forget that a portion of your proceeds of your contributions do go to the dream team project to benefit the make-a-wish foundation of america don't forget that if you have a question you want me to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail be heard from the parks, or just say hello at 407-900-9391. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello at Twitter, 
Instagram, and Pinterest. And of course, don't forget to, to like the WW Radio page on Facebook, but more importantly, become part of the community at www.radio.com slash community. Of course, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World and in special events, both in the parks, at sea, and on the road. Our next meet of the month is going to be Sunday, September 23rd at 11 a.m. at the Electric Umbrella in Epcot's Future World. That is going to be part of our e-ticket adventure weekend. Of course, it is free. It is family-friendly, so come alone. Bring the entire family and join us. If you go to our events page at www.radio.com, I'd love love it if you'd RSVP. Let us know that you're coming. There you can also find out about other group events, not just in Walt Disney World or our group cruises or Adventures by Disney, but on the road as well as I travel to speak. Oftentimes, I'll do meetups while I'm on the road. And speaking of how I can maybe help you by speaking to your business, to your conference, or to your or your kids' school please visit loumangelo.com. There you can find a list of Disney and non-Disney related from podcasting to live video to social media to delivering exceptional customer service based on lessons we've learned from Disney, leadership lessons we've learned from Walt, pursuing your passion, and others. Again, that's at loumangelo.com. Speaking of events and loumangelo.com, don't forget that our Momentum Weekend Workshop two-day event in Walt Disney World next month is almost sold out. We have just a few spots remaining, although I did this week reveal our list of speakers and topics. Again, Ashley Eckstein from Her Universe is going to be a keynote speaker. Dan Cockrell, former vice president at Walt Disney World, is going to be a keynote speaker. We're also going to have other presentations about content creation, video content, live video, podcasting, the real life struggles of entrepreneurship, making sort of that, that money mindset, as well as practical tools to market and promote, and lots of workshop sessions to help you work on what you've learned and what's next. And I'll also share 10-ish lessons I've learned in 10-ish lessons of being an entrepreneur. Again, to see the full speakers page and to find out more, you can visit loumangelo.com. Again, we are now down to about our last five seats or so. And again, that does take place here in Walt Disney World at the Wyndham Lake Point of Vista, right next to Disney Springs. Quick thanks to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and obviously recommended travel provider because it's who I've used and more importantly, who I trust to recommend to you for more than a decade. It doesn't matter if you go into world or land, any Disney or other destination on the planet, you will get the best possible prices. Most importantly, you get an exceptional level of personal service. Go visit them over at mousefantravel.com and go subscribe to Celebrations Magazine at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend and you, are my friend. It is not just a line. It is something I say because it's something I mean. And you as an individual and community continue to demonstrate that now more than ever. But if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. I want you to invite your friends to be part of this community and our family. And again, invite your friends to our clubhouse at www.com community. And one of the best and easiest ways you can do that is by taking just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. I want to thank some recent reviewers like ngray87 who says it's the best podcast out there. WW Radio is not only the best Disney podcast out there, it's the best Disney podcast, period. Well, exclamation point. Lou's love and passion for Disney is so evident in every episode. He helps me escape the real world for a little bit each week. and makes me feel like I'm really in the parks even when I'm back home in Philly. His show is a big part of helping through a rough time in my life. His restaurant reviews, trip reviews, emails, interviews, roundtables, DSIs, and top ten, top tens, aka top twenty-five, but I'd even take a top fifty, are all fantastic. But just a heads up, 
His restaurant reviews are going to leave you hungry, even if you stuffed your face right before listening. Thank you, Lou, for bringing some Disney magic to my life when I can't be there in the parks. Like you always say, even though we haven't met, I do consider you a friend. Thank you. And Gray, you have totally captured exactly what I want you to feel, and more importantly, how I feel about our friendship, even though we haven't met yet. Aggie Cowgirl 15 says, This is my favorite escape to Disney. It's one of my deepest regrets that I've been missing Lou's podcast for so many years. Nothing can put me in a good mood like Disney, and WW Radio is my escape from work or stress when I can't be in the happiest place on earth. It's such a joy to feel connected to fellow Disney fanatics, and this both prevents my boyfriend from having to listen to me talk Disney and allows me to connect with my brother as we geek out over trivia from the podcast. Thanks, Lou, for a rootin' tootin' good time every week. And PRL7667 says, This is a huge Disney fix. I've been listening to Lou since 2008. Wow, and it's totally changed my perspective as a Disney fan. Lou knows his stuff, and his shows have made a huge impact on trip planning. From helpful tips, advice, to backstory about the attractions, areas, and even food, his guests are always helpful and fun to listen to as well. There's a reason he's the best in the business. PRL, thank you so much. Thank you, Aggie Cowgirl, and of course, ngray 87 Again, you can just search for WW Radio on iTunes or go to www.radio.com. I speak for a living. www.radio.com slash iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your time with me. I know how valuable and limited it is and for allowing me to share this thing that I love so much with you. And I do hope that it brings you a little or a lot of happiness and maybe a smile to your face each and every week. We talked on this week's and last week's show about our collective and individual decisions and choices to move to Disney, to pursue a passion, to make a change, big or small. And I want you to always remember that all of your choices matter, whether they're big or small. So make them wisely and follow your heart. You will regret it if you don't, but more importantly, you'll be very happy that you did. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen this and every week. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Jim Smith calling from Hanover, Mass. Uh, just calling, I've been a, a, a faithful listener for two years now and slowly going through your back catalog of podcasts. I really enjoy listening to them. And I came upon one that you had from a few years ago where you discussed the Walt Disney World Railroad and the history of it at Walt Disney World and touched on it a little bit at Disneyland. You had Jim Corcus on and the two of you had a great conversation and it reminded me of, um, so uh, the last time that I was there with my family at Disney World, we stayed at Wilderness Lodge and of course that is the location of the Carrollwood Pacific Railroad Room and me in particular studying a little bit about Walt Disney, the, the person, the man, and the history behind him and all of his hard labors uh, and his love of trains I've become very familiar with. And uh, that was a destination for me as much as any attraction was at any of the parks. And I went there probably about 6 in the morning on one of our days. And uh, talk about the way that Imagineers and designers and artists and the Disney historians they will put so much detail into an experience, and you can take from that as much or as little as you want. Uh, there was another gentleman in there. He was catching up on emails, having a cup of coffee on his laptop, 
Uh, and, you know, he maybe glanced at a couple of items, maybe not, who knows. Uh, and I spent about 45 minutes in there, probably took about 30 or 40 photos, and was just blown away by, by all the detail and the history behind it. And, and, and one of the, uh, one of the, one of the train engines from, uh, that ran around Walt's backyard. And it was amazing to see all that. From there, I went for a jog and I went through, uh, I went to Wilderness Lodge. It was Christmas time. So that was quite a sight to see some of the, some of the sites decked out. But yeah, there's, uh, you talk here and there about how much effort the Imagineers will put in. To, to some of their experiences, and and you can take as much from it as you want, and, and that's why the authenticity has to be so real and so full, uh, you know, and, and I just, I probably blow by some of the stuff just being, you know, with my family trying to get to some of the attractions to make the kids happy, uh, but that was an appointment location for me, and it was quite amazing, and, you know, I, I much appreciated your your conversation with Jim Corcus, uh, and you have him on here and there, and I always learn a lot when you talk with him, uh, and I'm always entertained by you and your guests, so I appreciate uh, you filling some of my long car rides uh, with, with a lot of this this interesting talk and, and very sociable atmosphere, so so thank you for that. Uh, I'll keep listening, and, uh, and I'll keep enjoying that. Take care, Lou. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. Sarah from St. Louis. Just wanted to call and say thanks for all of the information, all of the fun, all of the good listens to bring Disney to the Midwest. Also wanted to call and say congratulations and have the most amazing four months to my sister, Abby, who is heading on down for the college program. Can't wait to hear about all the magic and memories she makes. Um, and in the meantime, I will be listening to you to get my own dose of Disney magic. Thanks for all of the things that you do. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. I'm out doing my run walk while I watch football practice, and it is hot. Ooh, I feel like I'm in Florida. Anyway, I'm listening, going backwards, and I'm down to episode 240 and 41. 4041, it's you and Tim Foster talking about the top 10 relaxing rides in Disney World. My favorite is the train to Rafiki's Planet Watch in Animal Kingdom. And being an animal lover and being a veterinary technician, I love going over there and seeing the veterinary hospital. And while you're on the train ride, you get to see some of the barracks that the animals are housed in. And to me, I find that so interesting. I love it. It's a must-do every time I go. Rafiki Planet Watch Train. So that's my, excuse me, I'm out of breath, top relaxing ride that I enjoy going on. And what's unique about that train is everybody sits sideways so you can see Everybody's facing the same direction, so that's kind of neat, too. So have a good night. I will see you guys in the box in half of an hour, actually. I'll probably tune in while I'm walking. Take care. Talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Make someone smile. 
Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in with the countdowns for the next few events. We've got 21 days until the Naggies and the Sternbergs show up in Walt Disney World and take it by storm. We have 28 days until you run the next momentum. Cannot wait to hear about that. 143 days until my next trip to Walt Disney World. We just booked it today. So excited. Then we've got 400 days until the ADD Japan trip with you and Becky and the whole group. And it's a... Uh-huh.